That's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, a podcast where we discuss and analyze and break down the 1991 film Beauty and the Beast from Disney. We're excited to be here. My name is Janae. And I'm Bobby. And we are your hosts for this podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Minute 3 in the movie. Minute 3 starts off with the narrator saying, L into despair, and ends with Belle singing, Tray like all ways. <laughs> ah, so funny. Um, that is going to be one of the tricks about doing a musical animation film is because the minutes are going to be, the songs are going to be broken up into minutes and it'll be funny. Yeah, we're going to have tiny bits of these songs. We're going to have some weird cuts. So it'll be yep. fun. Okay, so do you want to start off? What are some of your first thoughts about this minute, Bob? Okay, so for me, like the big thing at the beginning of this minute, we have the narrator. He's still talking about the curse. He's talking about what happened to the beast. And you get the line, for who could ever learn to love a beast? And that's just like, yeah, it just hits you right in the gut. And, you know, it's like if you've ever felt like a beast, that line just, I don't know, man, it. That's a powerful line. And in the movie, and you're a kid, you don't, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a monster. Who's going to love a monster? But I think <laughs> that can relate a lot to, more to us if we get into, like, the psychology of life. You know, mm-hmm. whenever you feel like a beast, a lot of times you're going to feel like, you know, who could ever love me for what I am? And this is kind of like magnifying that for the beast, like, a million times because he's actually a monster and not just a monster inside. Right. And people judge by what's on the outside. I think that's one of the main themes of the whole movie. I mean, it plays in perfectly into that she loves reading because there's that that saying, don't judge a book by its cover. And Whoa. that is a lesson that everybody really learns. Well, not everybody, but Beast <laughs> and Belle. <laughs> Beast and Belle definitely um, both learn that you have to be careful about judging by the outside and beast with his interaction with the enchantress and then becoming a beast himself and then bell learning to see this scary person as something more than just what's on the outside yes so definitely you so always say about... so much i don't have anything else to add to it <laughs> i'm sorry it's, it's not I'm like you're saying sorry. too much it's that you say like everything i think of so <laughs> oh i apologize it, it's you okay. should just cut me off and be like hey shut up i've got, I've got my own notes so okay uh, so my next one actually is you know we get the the title card the beauty and the beast that's you know the start of the movie here we go um and I love that even in that, you know, they put in the detail that you have beauty and a different script and the beast is like this, like stony looking font. So I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I do too. I do too. I like the, throughout the whole movie, I'm probably going to talk about this a bunch of times, but the contrast between them. And I mean, the contrast from where we just came from in the castle with the dark and the creepy and the serious voice of the narration and all of that to birds chirping and a sunny morning and um, light sounding music compared to the uh, more serious sounding music. And then we see it in the title card with 
just the fonts of their names and the colors of the fonts um, shows that contrast between who they are and their worlds and that kind of thing, which I think is awesome. It creates awesome. conflict. Okay, so I'm really excited. I don't know if you have anything else before we get to the, the opening scene of Belle coming out of the house, but I have a lot to talk about there. I do not have anything else, so let's go for it. Okay, so I'm a handyman by trade, tinkerer all the time. <laughs> I'm looking at this house, I mean, you get the first glimpse of, of what Belle's dad is. We don't know anything yet, but their house. <laughs> you look at their house, and it's your typical, I guess, typical little cottage, but then it's got like this like windmill thing on the roof with some gears going down into the house and you've got a well, you know, your, your typical everybody iconic well, but then it's got like a, a bucket with a line like going in the window into I the house. That was hilarious. I had never seen that before. I know. These are things that I've never even noticed before. And then one thing that's really confusing, which I want to figure out because I think it, it comes up again later in the movie, but you've got this water wheel next to the staircase going into their house. And it looks like, the water wheel must be pumping water because there's no river. Typically, when you have a water wheel, it's from a waterfall or a river that's moving, you know, the, right. the the water wheel. But this one has water coming off like a little spout thing onto the water wheel. And it's like, where's the water coming oh. from? It has to be pumped from somewhere, I'm assuming. And I think in the in the in the minute, you can see like the water like gushing as like another pump of water, you know, another, I guess, amount of water comes up onto the wheel. Interesting. But, it's like if he has the well with the bucket system set up to do something, why does he also have the water being pumped up? And so then it's like, okay. That's well, a great question. If you get the water from the well and you take it into the house and then put it on some kind of a a trough or something going in the house and then you have the windmill on top of the house, like pumping the water <laughs> out to the water wheel to so create. it's all connected. Yeah. I, I don't know because then you're just creating, you're creating all this energy to power the water wheel which the purpose Nothing. of it is to power something so why it's it's a waste of energy i know well i'm i'm curious what the water wheel is connected to because usually water wheels are connected to like a mill yeah that grinds grain which by the way what do they how do they support themselves because he's not like the most successful inventor from what i gather yeah later on and she doesn't seem to work. Exactly. It's okay. What is their socioeconomic status? Because I don't know. we know he's an inventor. You know, as far as we know, he doesn't have a lot of success. He's kind of like the crazy inventor in the village, kind of like a Doc right. Brown in, in Back to the Future type of thing. Except Doc Brown in Back to the Future, he's rich. You know, he came from a rich family and he wasted the family fortune on being is an he? inventor. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I um, know that. Back to the Future Minute. Check them out. It's a pretty good podcast. Oh, they're I just they're one. just finishing up the last movie, so that's kind of sad. Um, but it's a good series. You learn a lot. And so, where is her dad? You know, where did they get their money from? Um, I know. I think we might talk about this a little bit later, so I won't, I won't go too far into it. Okay. Um. Anyway, though. But it, it. I love all the little contraptions and the water wheel. Again, getting back to that, it's set up like it's built onto the tree. So is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? I guess it depends on how strong the tree is. But I like that he incorporated the tree into his support system. <laughs> That's really funny. I didn't notice that it was built into a tree before. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like half of it's on the staircase and half of the other axle goes through and is uh, leaning onto the tree, like in the nook of a branch. It's so funny because it doesn't really, none of it really makes a whole lot of sense in terms of like, would it 
any of this actually work, but it is brilliant in the fact that it really shows you what kind of a family she comes from and what kind of world um, her home life is compared to the world she's about to walk into during this song of the town and um, what they're going to be saying about her. Yeah. Yeah. It, they definitely have a different view on the world. And that's a big thing, you know, as you're, if you have kids and I have, I have a few kids. Um, and if you think back to your childhood, like how you were, how you, what you develop into is based a lot on the ideas that are permeated through your childhood that your parents, you know, kind of right. ingrain into you. So for me, my mom, uh, she was always like, you know, you can do whatever you want. You just have to work hard to achieve it. And so I've kind of always had that view, you know, I can do anything, but it's going to take a lot of work. And um, right. I know other people that it's like, you know, you can't do that. Like not everybody can do that. That's not possible. And so we see that bell. Uh, well, we will see, I guess that, uh, that she has more of that open-minded like view. She reads books. She has, uh, she's not just thinking of this provincial life. <laughs> right. <laughs> so moving on to the song. <laughs> Um, well, before we move on to the song, I wanted to talk about the season okay. of year that we're in for a second, because I never really paid a whole lot of attention to like what time of year it was when I was a kid watching this. And now watching it, it's a little confusing throughout the, when you're looking at the whole movie, I'm like, wait a second. I don't know what's going on. How is time passing like the this? The time's but a little weird. It's a little weird, but starting out, I gather that it is fall. It's autumn time. Yes. Um, because of the leaves on the ground and there's like orange brown leaves on the trees. There's a guy with a cart of pumpkins. I mean, it's very obviously that time of year. So just want to establish for anyone who may be confused about what time of year is it at this point in the movie. It is fall. And... Also, I love, I really love aspen trees. And when I was watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, they have aspen trees. Which one are the aspens? In here. So they're the tall, skinny ones that kind of look like they have dark patches like that the, are kind of white and then they have uh, dark okay, patches. Okay, yeah. I put a note on those because I was like, I don't know what these are, but we could probably use this to identify the location. They're really pretty, but they are not actually aspens. No. Um,. I know because uh, I went to look and I was looking, okay, are, do aspens grow in France, which I'm sure they can, but they don't, they're not native to France, but the silver birch tree is. I put down birch. And you did? Yes, look I put birch. <laughs> so, yeah, so they are specifically silver birch and um, because the other birch trees actually don't look like that really at all. I was looking at some pictures. And the difference is an aspens, I didn't realize that aspens just like look like that. And birch, like the white bark, like peels right off. And if you look closely at it, it does look more like peeled off bark mm -hmm. than like splotches. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And I was really pleased to know that they put trees in there that are native to France. I really was happy to find that out. Yeah. So. That's something that I think we're going to see a lot in this movie and that I've noticed a lot already is like the amount of detail that went into everything. Like if you look at the, the, 
the buildings and the architecture, the landscapes, right. there's like these tiny little details all over the place that they must have just put like tons of work into thinking, okay, what do we want here? Is there anything that needs to be there based on, you know, not even going to come up in the movie, but just to make it look realistic. And so I love all the details. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love the, as you look at the architecture of the buildings in the um, town, they are also very, fairly accurate to what, village buildings and houses and things would have looked like in that 17th century. Okay. Is that when we are? Cause I had a question about that. It's like, I don't know what time period we're in, but there's a King, there's a castle, <laughs> but there's also a blunderbuss or a, you know, a gun. So, uh, what, right. what's, what's our time? They period? had guns back then. Okay. So we're like 17th century they did have guns back then. Yeah. So like there's, there's not any de- like, decisive time period determined but it's likely let's see golly i'm falling down on my job so basically though it was during most likely the late 1700s um and we get a bit of an idea of that from some of the things that cogsworth says during his tour later on right um but yeah it was during most likely the late 1700s, which was also, I think, about when the original tale was written. So that makes that sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I did want to say this is when we get our first look at Belle. So pretty important moment. Um, and we, you know, she comes out of the house and then she kind of like dances down the stairs. She's not just like walking. She mm-hmm. kind of like does a little, I mean, it's not like super dancing, but it's definitely, she's got a hop in her step. And yeah. so I like that. And you know, it's going to come out eventually, but Belle was definitely my Disney crush. Like, <laughs> she's the best one. There's there's arguments that can be made, but uh, but she wins them all. It. So she's the best one. Uh, so yeah, that, yeah, that's going to come up again she, at some point. Awesome, I love it. Yeah, she's wonderful, and she's so like just humble and beautiful. I guess that's what makes her so great. And she has character and interests and a personality. So there are lots of fantastic things about Belle that none of the Disney princesses up to this point really had. And she, I mean, I guess Ariel has a personality, but she was a little bit more teenage whiny than Belle. So and this Belle's still pretty awesome. In this minute, we get our first... How old is Belle? Um, do we know? I don't know, but most Disney princesses are like 16, so I'm guessing she's around 16. She's got to be older than this. I feel like she might be one of the oldest ones, but I feel like she might be, I don't know, 19? I don't. 18 or 19? She seems older than 16 to me. Possibly, but I'll look it up. It doesn't seem like for future podcasts. Yeah, when we, when we get more into the village, we get that she's a little different, but I don't quite get the. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about that later and, and, and maybe okay. that'll come up. Moving um, on. But we get the first foreboding that she might be something special and as far as Disney princesses go um, with these <laughs> birds that come in as she's leaving her house and they kind of come in at her and she's not talking to them and they're not singing back and doing her bidding and cleaning up, but they definitely come and give her a greeting uh, before they mm-hmm. fly away. And she kind of does this little reach out to them that's very graceful and angelic looking to me yeah so those are probably birds that hang around her house and she's familiar with them and and they come to to give her a greeting so that's nice (laughs) well i mean it's probably a good thing because 
she probably doesn't have a lot of friends. So. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to see she doesn't have a lot of friends. Right. And uh, so she's walking to the village and she, throughout this whole opening scene, she's always pushing back that little little piece of hair that's always falling down. And that's just another one of the details they put into this movie that's like, okay, you know, I think before this, it, you didn't see that kind of detail in animation where it's something. That imperfection yeah, in a character. Yeah. It's a lifelike yeah. thing. I actually found something out about that. Um, I watched a video with an interview of, um, oh my gosh, the girl who did the voice of Belle. What's her name? Rats. I know I know her name, but I'm blanking. Um, but the girl who did it, um, she looks a lot like Belle. Hmm. <laughs> she is, you know, kind of, at the time she had long brown hair and she had a wisp of hair that would always fall in her face and throughout recording because they record the voices and the songs and stuff before they animate. Mm. Um, she was pushing that piece of hair away from her forehead all throughout the recording. And then when she watched it for the first time, she was like, Oh my gosh, that is me <laughs> in her character. That's awesome. So they actually took that and she didn't know they were going to do that, which is, awesome it's just something the, about who she is and who she was and they put it in there which i thought was so cool that's awesome and and most of my details i think are about like the little details in this so um like her hair that's awesome they get the movement of her dress like as she's moving and you kind of talked about this with, with the beast cape that you know they studied the movements of of actual dresses and capes and stuff to to make it look more realistic and they did a really great job um with the little stuff like that and I did notice one other little detail I wanted to point out is as she's walking to the village on the fence post, she walks by, there's these blue flowers. And I didn't think about it until just now when I was, you know, relooking at this as we're talking about it, but we have like the red roses and the blue flowers and, you know, she's wearing blue and the beast was wearing red. And I don't know if that means anything, mm. but uh, another thing to keep our eye on as we go forward to, to see if there's any more of that. Yeah. I hadn't even noticed that. It's pretty sneaky little details. Cool sneaky we're going into the village and i think this is my last well not my last note. i got a bunch of notes on this minute but as we go into the village you know it's zooming <laughs> the camera kind of sweeps around towards the village and you can see like the multiple planes that they built this on and i always thought you know as a kid that when they did the animation <laughs> it was just like they did each frame was a picture that they painted right but it's actually like multiple pictures stacked upon each other to give it more depth and then shot really? as a camera and so, like, the image that you see at the front is at a higher height. And then they have these levels of, like, images painted that go down further and further to give it more depth. And that really comes out as the camera zooms around towards the village because you can, like, see the movement of the buildings lining up um, till you get to where she's, she's walking down the street. And so take a minute to look at that again. It's really cool to see how that movement makes it more realistic than just if you're, you know, pretending to zoom a camera around in an animation right that's cool i did not know that yeah the, the more you know <laughs> okay well i've gone through my notes okay. so i think we should just keep traipsing through yours okay i've only got a few more um so we start into the village at the end of this minute and mm -hmm. you start meeting the people i mean this is the the iconic bonjour 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 bonjour, bonjour. yeah um <laughs> so i started looking at these people and most of them you know i'm familiar with them they're the people we see every time we see the movie but there's a chimney sweep it's like how big is this village that they have a, a guy that his <laughs> job is to be the chimney sweep well i used to think when i was a kid i was like oh it's such a poor provincial town it's little yeah but 
watching it now, I'm like, it looks huge. Yeah, it can't be that small for all the things we see there. <laughs> and so, <gasps> no, right? I'm like, mm. you've got this like weird little chimney sweep guy that pops out. And uh, who was the other guy? The guy in the stockades. Like, why is this guy so happy oh, yeah. to be in the stockades? He's like tipping <laughs> his hat and bonjour. And he's like smiling. And, and it's the morning. Yeah. So he's probably been there all night. <laughs> And he would not be that happy because that, that cannot be comfortable. What? You wouldn't be that happy sitting in the stocks all night? No, definitely not. <laughs> well, maybe he's happy because he's about to get out of the stocks. That could be true. Maybe he just got really drunk the night before and the town constable stuck him in the stocks for the night and uh, he's about to get out of there. I would be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> so my last note for this minute is, again, about the detail. And if you look at the last frame uh, in this in this minute... You've got the baker and the uh, the pumpkin cart guy that you mentioned earlier. But then in the right. corner, um, there's just this tree growing up in the corner of the buildings that's like super in detail and elaborate. And it's a beautiful little tree growing there. And I was just like, man, like I could spend all day just looking at <laughs> this movie one frame at a time. And each frame. I know the scenery. Yeah, you could print out each frame and hang it on the wall and it would be an awesome picture to have. So... You know, that's just going to keep coming up. That The detail in here is just awesome. That's all I have for this minute. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we hope you've enjoyed minute three of Beauty and the Beastly Minute, talking about Beauty and the Beast. If you would like to contact us, hop over to Facebook at Beastly Minute. You can find us on Growler Media at growlermedia.com slash Beastly Minute or on Twitter at Beastly Minute as well. We are Beastly Minute everywhere. So if you're looking for us, just look up Beastly Minute and we will probably be there. Um, so send us your comments and your observations as well. Um, anything else, Janae? Nothing else for me. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you guys have a great day. Don't forget, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen. Something is really different on the ground.